0: Kingway, Fox, Beardlock is acting very weird. Captain Pike, Crystal's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Ford Drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk.
1: Peter Batliff, Edward is an idiot, Fox is dead, Wolf is
0: wet, Jackal's wearing red. Steed is cat, can
1: Peck's hat, Q is that, enough of that. Be me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We talk about, about the series. You can join us live by picking up your phone now. We talk about, about the series. We're coming to, to you on the stream to now. We talk about the series. Comic books and games, we're we'll going on the show now. we come to, family family. Family. Come,
2: we'll come to talk about the series. Come and the us that we've been chatting. We go on and on and on and on. Welcome to the Seconds of the Lama Globe. It's Thursday, August 25th, 2022. It is 7.30 p.m. Eastern Coast time. You know what that means? That means we're live. You can let your fingers do the walking. And call 646-668-2433, and you can get on the line with yours truly, Uncle Jim, and my awesome collection of trek experts, and talk with us live. We have Gert show playing for you tonight. We're going to visit the movies, and we're going to visit the movies because uh, last weekend, Eric and I were at Truck conderoga The following weekend, I was at Fan Fest. In between, I was on vacation, and I went to see an REO Speedwagon Sticks and Loverboy concert. And I was so busy I didn't get a chance to uh, write up a show for tonight. So we're going to visit the movies next Thursday. We're going to be talking about Lower Decks, the episode that was on today, which was really good, and I can't wait to talk to it about it with all of you guys. That gives you a week to watch it, which is really awesome i might add and so we're going to talk about the movies but we do have some star trek news we've got chatner says what and all kinds of great stuff so please give us a call at 646-668-2433 and join in the fun so before we get too far into the podcast though i would like to introduce my awesome experts and we'll start off with charles charles is out in las vegas how are you doing charles
3: I'm doing good. For some people to asking, no, I'm not at Star Trek Las Vegas this year. Uh, conflict of scheduling right now, but eh, monsoons are here for a little while longer, but I think they'll break up over the weekend.
2: Well, <laughs> but it's been,
3: been some crazy weather.
2: I'll tell you what, I, and Eric can contest to this. It was like an oven. At Trek uh last weekend, it was hot, 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 uh, especially wearing my rubber Klingon head. It was even hotter. We'll get to that in a minute, though. Uh, we also have our Portland trifecta. We'll start off with David, and, and uh, David happens to be the birthday boy this week. How are you doing tonight, David?
4: Oh, man, so many more naps. I'm feeling old. But are you, are you enjoying some donuts? Uh, I couldn't go out today cause it got really hot, but, um, other than that, yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> Excellent. And also from Portland, we have Paul, the not wine guy. Who's now Paul, the toy guy. How you doing, Paul? <laughs> doing good, brother. Doing good. In the last
5: few days, I've gotten to, uh, dip my toes in the Pacific ocean and breathe alpine air at 6,000 feet. So it's been a, a week of great adventure,
2: uh, Excited and feeling recharged, ready to rock. And and our final our final trifecta from Portland, who's not quite in Portland just yet, is our very own Eric, because Eric was with me at Treconaroga over the weekend. How you doing tonight, Eric? And where are you on
0: the globe? Oh, man, I am doing great, you guys. I have currently completed my run of the Great Northeast. It was nice checking back in. Of course, I used to live out in Boston, and uh, Boston has changed a lot in the last 10, 12 years since I've been there, so uh, that was kind of fun to see, but I am currently located in Northwest Illinois, uh, close to Wisconsin, close to Iowa. It is Human man it's not even that hot. it's like eighty or eighty five but I think the humidity's about ninety eight percent so I am sweating like Roger ebert so how did it compare to the treconderoga heat? um Treconderoga was way hotter uh i I was looking back and I was just remembering and it you know it got above ninety both days that we were there, and it was probably about ten or twelve degrees hotter in that gymnasium than it actually was outside, so uh I was hot enough in my polyester uh, red uniform, my command uniform from TNG. You with the thing on your head, I don't know how you didn't pass out, brother.
2: Anything for the fans. Anything for the fans.
0: We do it all for the fans, really. I didn't know that there was a water bottle fill
2: station right in the hallway, so I was dehydrating the whole weekend.
0: (laughs) Well, I I remember at one point, Jim, I said, I said, Jim, have you had any water? And you said, I just had a little Dr. Pepper, and I just sort of shook my head. Oh
2: boy! I did. I did not know. I that, that would have made things so much easier if I had been able to hydrate. But at any rate, you got but a recon, I, man. You got a recon. It, 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 I. I don't know. I, I don't conversely, know.
0: Conversely, on Friday I drank 120 ounces of water, and on Saturday I drank 160 ounces of water, and I think I peed once both days. It was brutal. Yeah, and I ate one bottle of Dr Pepper. <laughs> Like I said, I don't know how you didn't
2: pass out. <laughs> I don't I mean, either. But once you told me about the bottle spill station, I was out there constantly getting water. But at any rate, we had a great time at Charconaroga. Thank you to each and every single one of you guys that visited us and said hello to us, that held my bat list, um, that visited us on our Facebook page and on our Twitter feed and on our Instagram feed, and who commented on our pictures that we posted on our Facebook page. We appreciate it and especially those people that came to our panels and commented on our panels as well. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we definitely, well, I definitely will be back at Trek Conoroga next year. Um, I don't know if any of my truck experts will be joining me, but I will definitely be there and uh, Jamie will definitely be there. So we'll see you next year at Trek Conoroga. Speaking of awesome fans though, we do have our fan shout-outs, and every week we ask you guys, where are you listening from? Go to our Facebook page, and you will see the Long and Prosper pin to the top. And all you can do is drop us a little line and tell us where you're listening from. And every week, yours truly, Uncle Jim, we'll pick 15. No, it's up to 20 because we added David. We have 20 lucky listeners. If you see a heart next to your name from yours truly, Uncle Jim, you want to tune into the next podcast because your name is going to be immortalized as a faithful Trek-talking follower and fan.
0: So, Eric, you want to get us started with our fan shout-outs? Oh, my gosh, I sure do. Uh, Our very first fan shout-out this week is going to go out to Carlos. Sequeira, from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, one of the places that I would absolutely love to visit. I have never been to South America. And Carlos, I understand you live in a pretty cool city, so thank you very much for listening to us, and thank you for supporting us uh, from down south, I guess I'll say. (laughs) Also, thank you very much to our top fan, Randy Dwayne Gould, who's listening all the way from the Philippines, another place that I have not yet been that Seems like it might be kind of cool. I've got some friends in the Philippines. I've got some friends who now live here who are from the Philippines. Would love to go check it out. Randy Dwayne Gould, thank you for being a top fan. That means you are one of the 112,000 Facebook fans that we have that interacts with us on a regular basis. Kaplah to you. We're also saying hello this week to Elaine Ka from La Rochelle, France. Uh, Gives us a little winky winky face and a little alien face. I like that, Elaine. Thank you so much also for listening to us from France. And my final fan shout out this week goes out to Wilbur Stewart, who is currently living in Apia, Samoa, that little tiny island in the middle of a big, big ocean. Wilbur, thank you so much for carrying the Trek talking torch out there in the middle of the Pacific. Charles, who's on your list this week? Let's start out with
3: top fan, Matt Zimmerman, Diamond Z- from Pennsylvania. Russell Vanderpool from Las Vegas, Nevada. Looked him up. I don't recognize him, but maybe you need to check out some of the ships in town. Lorraine Marie Zupin I am a trekker, not a trekkie, and have been since 1966 in Ohio. And Laura Forbes Carver from Wintupa, Wintupa, Alabama. Interesting
4: pronunciation on that one.
3: David, how about you?
4: All right, well, it looks like we've got uh, Karen Rich Cohen uh, dating we are from Wichita, Kansas. And the next one is non Noncaria. I uh, mispronounced that, but uh, she's hailing all the way from Lafayette, Louisiana, USA. Next on the list is Dustin Collin from Mount Airy, North Carolina. And my final one is Leonie Patterson from Sydney, Australia. Paul, who's on your list?
5: Well, friends, I have hemispheric amazement here today. First of all, I'd like to uh, send a mighty track-talking coupla and greeting all the way to Montpellier, France to our friend Thierry Galli. I hope you are having a great time over there and I hope that uh, it's not getting too hot. I know Europe's been seeing some mighty crazy temperatures this year, Thierry. So thanks for being a fan and thanks for listening and uh, reaching out to us. Got a couple of top fans here as well in gorgeous, stunning Sao Paulo, Brazil. Top friend Maria Lucia Raz is saying hello from that magical country. So All the best to you, Maria Lucia, and thank you so much for being a fan and for spreading your love of all things track. Also, a top fan, Danizel Perisic in Croatia with the Croatian flag waving proudly. So thank you, Danizel, for uh, being such a a steadfast uh, listener, and uh, thank you for reaching out to us. Finally, for me, a a Miami, Florida transplant, now living in Spain. Big track talking. Hello to David mariela beloved somewhere in the fantastic land of espana uh maybe florida will get you back someday but if i was you
2: <laughs> i'd stay in spain david
5: that's a pretty hard gig to say no to so thank you all for reaching out to us with your uh, star trek uh and trek talking hellos it's great to hear from you and let's spin that weather vane back over to Big Jim. Jim, what's going on in uh,
2: New York and environs? Who
5: we got going on there?
2: We want to say kapla and thank you to Amy Elizabeth, who's listening in upstate New York, which could be the Ticonderoga area. That's upstate. Um, so maybe, I don't know. But thank you for listening, Amy. And if we did, did find you at Ticonderoga, that's an extra special thank you. We also want to say hello and thank you to Francine Chambliss, who's listening in Brooklyn, New York. Represent. You know, there's a great pizza place called Kings on Fifth Avenue between Fifth and Sixth. You got to check it out. Great pizza there. I tried to get Ray to go over there, but he's in the Bronx, which is a little bit further away, but that's okay. Thank you for listening to Francine. We also want to say live long and prosper to Dorothy Ann Ferguson who's listening to us in the Bay Area of San Francisco. I believe that's where Journey is from. If I remember my musical history, uh, the Journey was the band By the Bay. I think that was San Francisco. I could be wrong.
1: City last, by the Bay. Yeah,
2: was that Journey? <laughs> I think Journey. so. I think it was. And finally, last but not least, we want to say thank you to Julie Hewitt, who's in Brisbane, Australia. Good eye, mate. I wonder if Julie knows the dude. We'll, we'll never know. We will never know. And that wraps up our fan shout-outs, guys. If you'd like to be featured on future fan shout-out, head over to our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond. You've got to spell that all out. And you'll find us there. You'll see the Live Long and Prosper at the top of the page. Just tell us where you're listening from. It's that simple. And while you're there, Give us a like and give us a follow. or we'd love to have you as a part of our Star Trek family. All right, guys, that wraps up our fan shout outs. We're going to take a very quick yet important break. And when we come back, we're going to have our Star Trek birthdays.
0: Hi there. This is Eric from Trek Talking. Do you own a business, produce a product, or are planning an event that would appeal to Star Trek fans? Would you like to harness the power of this podcast to get your message out to the world? We here at Trek Talking are a show made by fans for fans, and we would love to help you share your love of Star Trek on the air, live every Monday and Thursday night at 7.30 Eastern. Contact us through Facebook Messenger at facebook.com slash Beyond, or email us using the contact link on our website at podpage.com slash trek-talking. We can't wait to hear from you. Engage.
2: And we're back. Welcome to Trek and It's Thursday night. We're live. 646-668-2433 is our number here. Love to hear from you. All right, guys. This is the part of the show where we do our Star Trek birthdays. But we always start out our Star Trek birthdays by remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And before we get to Eric with that, we have to hear from Mr. Worf.
0: That was not a Klingon song. All right, Eric, take it away. Yeah, Jim, this week we're going to be remembering nine members of our Star Trek community who have gone before us. The very first is uh, somebody you have all absolutely seen on screen. Unfortunately, years ago, we lost Eddie Paskey, who was the Lieutenant Leslie on Star Trek. That's right. Lieutenant Leslie uh, actually appeared in 57 episodes uh, of the original series, but only received credit for two of them, The Alternative Factor and This Side of Paradise. Uh, He also had two speaking parts in The Naked Time and The Conscious of the King and uh, believe it or not, Eddie Paskey actually had a second part as well. He played Connors in Mudd's Women. Uh, and there's this great quote about him. It says, uh, he had been working at the gasoline station where all Dizzy lou studio trucks and cars were serviced when studio vice president Herbert S. Salau got him the job on Star Trek. So Eddie Paskey was right there at the right time, and he was in 57 episodes, and we are sorry that he is gone. So, happy birthday to Eddie Paskey. And i got a, Oh, yeah, go to ahead.
2: So, the very first Triconderoga that I went to, 2017, uh, uh, I don't know, the, the first one we went to, I was out in the lot, in the park. You know how that parking lot is, Eric? You pull up and you walk in that, that door right into the gymnasium. Yep. So I was pulled up to my car and I'm I'm in the back of my car with the car open. On. I'm putting on my Klingon head and my stash and getting all ready. And he walks out of the gymnasium and out, he's walking through the parking lot as I'm putting on my gear and walking in. And he stopped and said hello to me, talked to him for a couple of minutes. He said he really liked my costume. It looked great. He shook my hand, and he went about his business. And I thought, wow, what a cool dude that was. I had no idea who he was, just some guy. Until cool. uh, I got into the convention a little while later, and they were doing autographs, and he was the guy that was there signing the autographs. And I was like, oh, wow, I just wow. met Eddie Patton in the parking lot
0: and shook his hand. That's awesome. So, That's very cool. <laughs> he was a really- <laughs> Yeah, I understand. He was uh, he was always nice to the fans. So uh, we do miss him. Uh, happy birthday, Eddie Paskey. We're also saying happy birthday this week to actor William Horace Marshall, who of course yes. played. Yeah, he played the original Doctor Richard Daystrom in TOS the Ultimate Computer, uh, a extremely uh, you know important role I think, and one that just leads into all kinds of interesting things. He was also the cousin of fellow Star Trek actor. Paul Winfield. Um and I think that Paul probably has a little something to say about William. The only thing I'll say about him is that he is probably most famous I think for his role as uh Mamuwalde, the African prince who is transformed into the vampire Blacula by Count Dracula in that black exploitation film from 1972, Blackula. Uh he was also in the sequel Scream Blackula Scream and uh he he just i don't know he just held down that role of dr richard Daystrom, and i loved that episode the ultimate computer so much what do you think paul
5: oh dude i'm sorry this guy is just a legend
0: he's
3: a legend
5: i'm just glad you mentioned the blackula movies because you know i'm a big 70s guy and those those are just part of the pantheon man. but he was all over the place on uh, From the 60s, you'd see him on, like, Man from Uncle. You'd see him on the Wild Wild West. You'd see him on the old Tarzan TV show. And a lot of folks don't realize this, but uh, if anyone out there is a Pee-Wee's Playhouse fan. Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) Yep. King of cartoons. That's right. (laughs)
5: Dr. Richard Daystrom was the king of cartoons, right? So you might just expect him to lean into the camera and angrily say building
1: on my work <laughs> i'm for a cartoon
5: i cannot see william marshall without hearing that line of dialogue man he was <laughs> just like a little obsessed with your uh with your work there uh dr daystrom i don't know but uh it, an absolutely iconic character you know we were uh, We were sitting around chatting about, uh, wow, who are some original series characters who never got an action figure that maybe should, deservedly so? I think I'd have to put Dr. Richard Daystrom on my list, because that's a classic character, friends, and uh, uh, amazing, amazing, another wonderful icon of Star Trek.
0: I would purchase that figure in a New York minute. That is an excellent (laughs) idea. (laughs) All right, well, happy birthday to William Marshall. Uh, guys, you should go IMDB him because Paul's right. His depth is, is extremely deep. So happy birthday, William Marshall. We're also saying happy birthday this week to Laura Wood, who played a couple of aged characters. She actually played two prematurely aged characters in Enterprise, or excuse me, in, <laughs> in Star Trek uh, on the Enterprise. Uh, she played the rapidly aged Enterprise crew member uh, in Charlie X, And she also played the rapidly aged Elaine Johnson in the second season episode, The Deadly Years. So Laura Wood known for being old on Star Trek. Happy birthday, Laura. We're also saying happy birthday this week to Oliver McGowan. McGowan was, uh, of course the, uh, I believe the caretaker in, and not that one from Voyager, but the TOS caretaker from the episode shore leave. Uh, he was, Also known mostly for television appearances, he had over 75 guest appearances in television. uh, And unfortunately, we lost him just the day after his 64th birthday, all the way back in 1971. So happy birthday and remembrances going out to Oliver McGowan. We're also saying happy birthday this week to W. Morgan Shepard. And this is a pretty good one. I was kind of surprised uh, Jim gave me this one because there's a Klingon involved. Uh, He, of course... Played the Klingon warden at Rurpente in Star Trek VI. He was also the head Vulcan science minister in Star Trek 2009. Played Ira Graves in TNG's episode The Schizoid Man. And played Katy in Voyager's Bliss. So many, many Star Trek roles there for him. Um, interesting story about him while doing some additional dialogue recording for Star Trek 2009. He told the film's director and producer, J.J. Abrams, not realizing who he was speaking to, that the director was, quote, a slave driver. (laughs) He apologized uh, after the director actually revealed himself. So, uh, funny story about W. Morgan Shepard. Happy birthday to him. We're also saying happy birthday this week to actor Graham Jarvis, who played Klim Dokachin in TNG's episode Unification 1. Um, he had several recurring television roles uh, on a whole bunch of television series uh, all the way from the 80s into the 90s. Um, he was on Seventh Heaven. He was in the Journey McPride. He was in a whole bunch of things. So Graham Jarvis also would have had a birthday this week. Happy birthday, Graham. We're also saying happy birthday to Don Kiefer, who played the most excellent role of Cromwell in TOS's episode Assignment Earth. Um, Cromwell was, of course, the launch director at McKinley Rocket Base uh, in that episode. Uh, and Kiefer was also known for many other television appearances, including Gunsmoke, uh, Half Gun Will Travel, Twilight Zone, Mission Impossible, uh, Andy Griffith Show, Bonanza, et cetera, et cetera. Don Kiefer, very prolific actor and a great role as Cromwell in TOS's assignment for this. Happy birthday, Don. We're also saying happy birthday and sending some remembrances out to Clarence Williams III who played Ometoclon in the DS9 episode To the Death. Um, He, of course, is the grandson of legendary musician Clarence Williams and blues singer Eva Taylor, and was on a lot of television back in the day, too, in the 80s, crossed over with William Shatner and T.J. Hooker, also did some Hill Street Blues, Cosby Show, Miami Vice. In the 90s, went on to Twin Peaks, Tales from the Crypt, uh, the show Millennium, if you guys remember that. Uh, So Clarence Williams... The third would have had a birthday this week as well. Happy birthday uh, to one of my favorite characters, actually, from DS9. Wait a minute.
2: Wait a minute.
5: Wait a minute. (laughs) What? What did I miss? You forgot, like, his most
3: iconic role, brother. Hook me up.
5: Lincoln Hayes on the Mod Squad.
3: Okay. 1968
5: to 1973, man. Do you want to talk an iconic character? That is it. Link Hayes is it. Also, you got to give kudos. He was the father. He was Prince's father in Purple Rain. Oh, oh no, I know God. that. Oh, uh, I mean, they talk about a guy who casts a long shadow. Uh, really great horror movie called Tales from the Hood that he was uh, pronounced in. Uh, a phenomenal presence wherever he would show up clarence williams iii was just a a jewel
0: excellent uh yeah we do miss him uh would have had a birthday just this week and uh probably our biggest remembrance this week really goes out to i mean the man the one without (laughs) none of us would actually be here right uh the great bird The great bird himself, Gene Roddenberry, uh, would have had a birthday this week. And uh, that is really saying something. And I have always wondered about this whole great bird of the galaxy thing. um, And it's my understanding that he was actually given that nickname uh, by the associate producer Robert Justman back in the day. I do not know how it actually came about. And I've done a little study in trying to figure it out. But uh, I do know there's this great line from The Man Trap where uh, Rand hands Sulu some food, and, and Sulu says, may the great bird of the galaxy bless your planet. Um, my gosh, there's just so much to say about this guy. What could we possibly say? Like I said, without him, none of us would be here. Um, did ever any of you ever get the chance to meet Gene Ramberg? Well, I didn't get uh, to meet him, but I got to see him speak. Tell us. Tell us about it.
5: Oh, I was a, 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 a wee lad. Uh, it was high school age, man. And uh, during some of the earlier uh, events that were going on, this is before the motion picture even was filmed, uh, he was out there uh, doing early conventions. And this was kind of a crazy convention that Portland had. And I want to say it was in like, probably around like 75, 76, in that neck of the woods. I want to say it was 76. Uh, but he basically did a promotional uh uh where they were showing the cage which had never been shown before right this was still syndicated tv era right but uh he got up there and he just was a a wonderful speaker and uh just it was exciting to be in a great big uh coliseum full of star trek fans it seemed really unique and unusual and it was so great to to see him live man and uh and he announced that they were working on the motion picture at that point hoping that it would be uh something that would come to fruition and little did we know how many other movies were going to come to light after that, but it was just really cool to hear him speak in person. Really, really cool. Uh,
2: I
0: bet, Uh, man, that sounds uh, like a special uh, opportunity.
2: opportunity. I had the opportunity, Karen and I to meet him and major Barrett on sea Trek 91. But uh, by that time he was in the wheelchair and he he really couldn't talk much at all. So uh, we got a picture with him and Majel, and uh, we talked more to Majel than to him. But we did we did get to be in his presence, which was pretty cool. And that's that's about as far as my story goes. <laughs> that was it. Well,
0: why well, you know I never got to meet the guy, but I will say that um, growing up where I grew up, and and not necessarily completely agreeing with some of the the ideals that people believed in, or some of the the things that um, you know, we're just normal, uh, where I grew up. I, I completely fell in love with, uh, secular humanism. And I think that was a direct result of Gene Roddenberry, who of course called himself a humanist and who, you know, throughout Star Trek, um, really focused on, uh, human rights on re- as much representation as, uh, could possibly be made. I learned a very Interesting little tidbit as I was doing the set tour here back in uh, Trek Honderoga, that the, uh, you know, there's those two flags in the briefing room that are always seen in the background. And, and there's not a single episode of Star Trek where those flags are unfurled and you can actually see what they look like. And in fact, when you go on the set tour now, they're able to unfurl those flags and take a look at them. And one of the flags is basically a, Cuban flag with the United Federation of Planets logo put over the red triangle in the flag, and that, of course, was in honor of Desi Arnaz, who was Cuban. And so they were not allowed to actually unfurl that flag on the air because of all the Cuban stuff and communism and blah 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 that were going on back in the 60s. But yet there it was on set in all of the episodes that you see the briefing room, and that's the kind of guy it seemed like he was. He was. He was uh, not, maybe not overtly representing these things. Uh, depending on who you were, maybe it was overt. Uh, and just, uh, I just really appreciate everything that Star Trek has done throughout the years to try and maintain that idea of human rights. Um, you know, lots of representation. Uh, I love that line. I wish I know Roddenberry didn't write, but the line that Kirk says about "there's no place for bigotry on the on the bridge." That is an idea that Gene Roddenberry. Uh, was all about and I think we all miss him and I think uh you know I'm going to I'm going to do the thing that people always do that I always say not to do I think he would be proud of where Star Trek is these days I think that it's holding up his ideals and um uh I do believe that he would like it so uh yeah anybody else want to say anything about Gene Roddenberry or it's just funny because I saw a lot of uh, coverage about him this
5: week, right? You know, because it's, you know, it's, his birthday rolled around, so there's a lot of different things about it. And it's just like, it's so funny. You can, uh, the stuff you learn that you should know and, and are amazed that you didn't know, I never knew all this time that Gene Roddenberry's middle name was Wesley. Mm hmm. And that that's undoubtedly where they took the name of where he took the name of, you know, Wesley Crusher from, I mean, because it's not a very common name. Right. So it's just like, I thought that was amazing. I'm like, how in all these years has that managed to be something that I've never heard of before? So, I mean, how many times must I have seen it? But it's just it just blew me away. I'm like,
0: what a, what a great little thing. That's so cool. And I'll just give you my, I always give people a little trivia tidbits, So here you go. If you are wanting to know um, what Okudagram is associated with the great bird of the galaxy. And if you don't know what an Okutogram is, go ahead and look that up. I'll, uh, I'll wait. But uh, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go to the uh, season one TNG episode, the naked now. And at 15 minutes Uh, you will get a shot of the Akugram that was made of Gene Roddenberry, the great bird of the galaxy, which is basically a bird with Gene's face. Really funny, uh, nice homage to Gene that they put right there in TNG season one. So happy birthday and many, many loves and remembrances going out to Gene Roddenberry, um, who we miss very, very much. So thus endeth our remembrances for the week. Happy birthday to all those who have gone before us. Let's keep going with those uh, Star Trek folks who are still with us. So, Charles, why don't you kick it off? All right. I only got a short list on my side. William O'Connell
3: played Level in TOS's Journey to Babel. He did a lot of shows in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But I love this quote from IMDB from his bio. Balding... Weasley, American character actor, often cast as timid, nervous, or woefully inept comic villain, equally adept at playing everyday types, from tradesmen, barbers, to clergymen. Well, he threw in a lot of just little roles, but many of the ones I've been getting showed up in. Robert Towers played Rada. In TNG's episode, The Battle, and a couple of his uh, items he did in the late 60s, early 70s, was Dr. Doolittle and the Banana Splits. A couple of big things he worked on. Bud Albright played security guard Rayburn from what, what Are Little Girls Made Of? and Barnhart in The Man Trap. Interesting that he has seven acting roles and 14 stunt roles in the 60s and 70s. So he did a little bit of acting, but a lot of stunt work. Joe Arsko played Brawl in TNG's The Vengeance Factor. Jennifer Lean. Played the popular character Ket in the first three seasons of Boy. She actually started her acting world in Another World and also worked on The Men in Black, the TV series. But left acting in 2001 to get into the medical field, which is why we probably haven't seen much of her since. Paul, how about your list? All right, my friend.
5: Well, I am delighted to send uh, birthday greetings to a sensational actor, uh, one who uh, I think left an indelible mark in the world of, uh, of Star Trek, because we are talking a little bit about movies tonight, friends. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. Aren't we talking
5: about movies tonight? Yeah. So how can you talk about Star Trek movies without mentioning the delightful Kim Cattrall? Okay, a lot of people think, Oh, you know, sex in the city, Kim Cadrell, right? But uh uh-uh. uh I always my radar immediately goes to classic Trek film, Star Trek Six The Undiscovered Country, where she played Lieutenant Boleris, as we kinda of got the chance to continue on the uh the legacy of cool Vulcans in the Trek universe and in the movies in particular, uh, cool female Vulcans, who we had quite a few of across the spectrum of the motion picture experience of Star Trek. But uh absolutely phenomenal actress who's done tons of things uh, that you may not be aware of beyond uh, sex in the city and her turn as Valeris, Um, big trouble all over the place, big trouble in little China. Absolutely. Uh, One of the highlights uh, for me, career. Uh, a a really cool series called wild palms. A lot of people may not uh, be familiar with that was in the early nineties. That was really great. Uh, Tons and tons of work, but uh, and still working, uh, you know, prodigiously today, uh, all over the place. Uh, I think most recently I've seen on uh, Queer as Folk uh, and How I Met Your Father. So she worked a lot, uh, tremendous talent and uh, an iconic Vulcan. So
3: happy birthday, Kim
5: Cattrall! You pretty much rock hard. I don't know how I got this one away from Eric. I it's know. Next, uh, I really do not know. Okay. <laughs> because
0: she's still alive. Because I guess not then but
5: still. Yeah. I, I, I so I, I hope you'll jump in with me uh on this one, my friend. But uh there are few people who can say, you know, I actually portrayed three different characters in Star Trek and you're like, What? But uh Diana Muldauer, the great Diana Muldaur, okay, uh, wonderful actor, but who was in uh, two original series episodes. Um In the the classic uh, Is There in Truth, No Beauty, uh, played Dr. Miranda Jones in there. And in Return to Tomorrow, Dr. Anne Mulhall. So she has this pedigree of playing all these doctors in her, you know, CV as an actor, right? She always, like, you'd see her on uh, 60s and 70s shows like mcleod or whatnot right yeah. or mcmillan and wife should always be like a aristocratic patrician doctor or a socialite things like that so when they needed to i won't get into the circumstances but when they needed to recast the the doctor on board the enterprise d for next generation right and the character of dr Catherine pulaski was born who did they go and call for the audition? Why, Chief Medical Officer Catherine Pulaski ended up going to Diana Moldauer. And
3: I would like to say,
5: I think, that Dr. Pulaski gets a bum rap very often amongst fans of Next Gen. I mean, it's hard to not because, let's face it, right? I mean, uh, Dr. Crusher is pretty spectacular. I mean, and and iconic, as we all know. I mean, who's not looking forward to her returning to season three of Picard because she's amazing amazing Gates McFadden but Diana Maldauer really made an interesting character and she's kind of the wouldn't you say Eric she's like almost like the 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 polar opposite of uh of Dr. Crusher she's a little bit cantankerous
0: I think is one of the best
5: words to describe her
0: she's a little cantankerous uh but I don't think that means that she doesn't care right uh I think that we see a lot of her kind of caring in her own way. And I think we all know a bunch of people who are, you know, outwardly loving and caring and more Beverly Crusher types uh, who kind of wear their heart on their sleeve and really show what they're feeling. I think Pulaski felt those things, but just uh, she was, she was more reserved and she was, she was written in such a way as to not be, for example, the love interest of Picard, which is what Crusher was originally uh, supposed to be. In fact, uh, I got that confirmed by Gates McFadden, who actually just said it the other day at Trek Condoroga. She was supposed to be the Picard love interest uh, when they hired her. And Pulaski was not that person. And I just have to say that um, Pulaski is a character that I 100% agree with Paul on. I will defend her until uh, until the cows come home because I really liked her. That's not to say I don't like Beverly Crusher, because of course I do. I'm completely in love with Gates McFadden. (laughs) But Pulaski was a great character, and she was in some of the best episodes uh, of Star Trek ever. Uh, Hello, Measure of a Man, like, that's her, right? So um, she was in Shades of Grey, peak performance. She was in The Emissary. I mean, I I just, so many good uh, episodes, such a great character. Um, And, you know, if you want to challenge me on that, that's okay but uh but i'll start whipping out a little bit more facts on her that i that i think bear talking about so beautiful beautiful woman also back in the day oh my gosh those episodes of tos she's in i was just like hubba hubba uh and she's pretty good to tng as well so uh, yeah she yeah. played
5: the character with a lot of clinical curiosity the way a real doctor would be absolutely right? was encountering new things in the world right and uh and I just, I, I think you know, she, I never cannot stop myself from laughing when uh, she calls data data. That just kills me. I'm just like, he's, he's just completely vexed with her. And she's just like, you know, it's a thing. What are you talking about? She's just like a little slow to adopt the, uh, the, the sentient concept with, with him. Cause with uh, him. You know, yeah. I, I like that. And uh, it's a wonderful actor, uh, just tremendous pedigree. Um, And uh, and it was a super enduring part of the Star Trek firmament. So happy birthday, Diana Moldauer. Continuing on to wrap things up, uh, Mark Bramhall. I I love my Cardassians. And uh, Mark Bramhall played uh, the Cardassian Gulnador on Next Gen Episode Parallels. And finally, uh, we have been talking about this uh, Next Gen Episode, The Outcast, a lot on the show recently because it's one that's very timely and that if you don't know, you should know because the outcast has a lot to say about where we are and, uh, actress Callan white played Crite on that particular episode. So I heart heartily, heartily, I can't talk today too much time off too much PTO. Uh, but actor Callan white, uh, played one of those, uh, aliens who came to bring some justice there at the end. So, uh, happy birthday to all these fantastic folks. And, uh, it's great to celebrate your legacy uh both in the star trek universe and beyond you got some good stuff coming up jim who you got coming up first
2: oh i've got some real good ones i want to start off with ray wise uh he played in in tng's who watches the watchers and Otteris and voy's hope and fear but other than that he was also one of my one of my guilty pleasures, one of the movies I love, one of the cheesy movies that I just love. It's kind of up there with *Crawl* and *Battle Beyond the Stars*, *He-Man* and *The Masters of the Universe*. He played one of the bounty hunters in that movie. So, happy birthday to Ray Wise! Ah, uh, yeah. Where to go next? Where to go next? Robocop so, uh, too, you know, man. He's a Robocop actor. He's he's just like out there. He's he's done he's a lot. He's a man. He, He has indeed. We also want to say happy birthday to the diviner himself, John Noble um, from Star Trek Prodigy. But you also might, well, he's been on a lot of stuff too. He was in Lord of the Rings. But you might know him as Dr. Walter Bishop from Fringe. That was a great series, which Leonard Nimoy was also on as well. So happy birthday to John Noble. We also want to say, and, and hopefully, 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 we made some connections at Tricanaroga, and maybe we can get her on the podcast.
0: Fingers crossed. I don't know. Fingers I crossed. I hope
2: it works.
0: We know people. But we know want people.
2: An awesome, awesome! Happy birthday to Lieutenant Erica Ortegas from Straight, Straight Strange New Worlds, our very own Melissa Navia. And uh, you know, if you follow her on social media. She's definitely as sharp as a whip. Uh, She doesn't take any crap, and she'll put you in your place, which I think is awesome. So happy birthday, Melissa Navia. We did uh, meet up with somebody at Charconaroga that is personal friends with her and knows her. And uh, we hopefully we made some connections and we can get her on this podcast. So let's hope that works out. Uh, I also want to say happy birthday to the man that I think has picked up the Star Trek mantle, uh, that was that was dropped by Leonard Nimoy when he passed and picked it up and ran with it. And he's given us some of the best Star Trek that we've seen in ages. Of course, Star Trek First Contact, which is one of the best Star Trek movies. We'll talk about that a little bit later, as well as some of the most memorable Star Trek episodes that we have. Uh, we're talking about the awesome Jonathan Frakes, who, of course, played Mr. Sulu on Star Trek. So happy birthday Hello, to Jonathan.
0: Oh, what, Jim. What, what? Yeah, I know. It's The senility is setting in again. I'm sorry, buddy. Uh, he, of course, was well, well-known as the William T. Riker on The Next Generation number one himself. Uh, who I also, often get taken you know, for at to Trek conventions. <laughs>
2: and and uh, he may be up at Triconderoga as well, so we'll have to keep that in mind. And uh, actually... He was at Triconderoga this week, and we have a picture of bearded Riker and non-bearded Riker at our table. Right,
1: Eric?
2: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's, it's true. true. Take a look. There's true. It's there. And, <laughs> in fact, at the costume contest,
0: I captured bearded Riker in doing the Riker maneuver as well. So That's true. <laughs> I saw him do the Riker maneuver myself, and he did the Captain Morgan, I believe, as well
2: that's right so all that excitement happened at trek Conderoga. and of course i have lots of stories to tell you about jonathan freights but all i'll say is he's great he loves the fans he's awesome he's super friendly super knowledgeable and he gets it he absolutely 100 percent gets it and uh i'm really looking forward to seeing i thought what they did with him on picard season one and uh, in the episode with um um with uh marina Sirtis was just outstanding and i i don't know how they can top that with picard but
0: i have to say i three. loved his but, i loved him voicing his character in lower decks as well i mean just seeing boiler yes. on the titan was so cool
2: yep so we'll have to wait and see what they how they top that it'll be tough but we'll i will have to wait and see and um you know normally that would be the end of our birthdays but wait there's more um, we have a special birthday celebration to send out tonight and uh, it's one of our our uh, trifectas from Portland um, you might know him as the donut guy but we all know him as David and I want to say happy birthday to David uh, Monday was actually David's birthday to be precise and uh, the day that we did our Triconderoga show and that was actually his birthday but uh, we don't do birthdays on Mondays we do them on Thursday so we're a little bit late, but we're still there. And uh, whenever we have a birthday for somebody special, somebody that's on our crew, we have to hear from Weird Al. So this one goes out to you, David. This is Weird Al. Happy birthday. Well, well, so in the
0: alley he's looking for a bite. There's an Arab on the corner by with another now to feed, seems that everywhere you look today is misery and greed. I guess you know the Earth is gonna crash into the Sun, but that's no reason why we shouldn't have a little fun. So if you think it's
1: scary, if it's more than you can take, just blow out the candles and have a piece of cake.
2: So happy birthday to our very own David the Donut Guy. He's um, he's not our newest member of our Trek family. Um, that honor goes to Paul, but he is relatively new to our podcast as um, as a co-host. He's been calling in now for quite a while, and now he's a regular. So happy birthday to David the Donut Guy! All right, uh, guys. guys.
4: Happy birthday, David. Yeah.
2: Happy birthday, David!
4: Happy birthday, David!
2: Happy birthday, dude! (laughs) Thanks. All right, we are going to take another very quick commercial break. When we come back, we have convention calendar. Trek talking,
5: all things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, seven thirty to nine thirty. All hailing frequencies are open
2: iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are
5: found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to
1: go.
2: And we're back, guys. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Uh, we'd love to get you on the air and uh, hear what you have to say, What's your favorite Star Trek movie is. Give us a call, 646-668-2433. And now it's time for convention, 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 convention. Calendar, 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 calendar.
0: Looks like we are going to have a busy weekend in conventions, September 10th through the 11th. We've got three big conventions coming to you. One is at the Daytona Beach Comic Con at the Volusia County Fairgrounds in uh, Tommy Lawrence Arena in Deland, Florida. So go check that out, September 10th and 11th. We're also checking out ToyCon, the toy show, same weekend at the Bridgeview Community Center in Bridgeview, Illinois. And finally on that same weekend, the Clifton, New Jersey Comic Book Expo at the Clifton Community Recreation Center in beautiful Clifton, New Jersey. David, what cons do you have for us? Well, it looks like I got bumped up
4: from September 16th to the 18th. A, uh ancient city con at the World golf Village Renaissance, St. Augustine Resort in Augustine, Florida, or St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, and my next one is Horror Fest from September 16th through 17th, or oh, this is the two days, uh, over at Nakatuck Event Center in Nakatuck uh CT. I'm trying to remember that date. <laughs> Connecticut. Connecticut. All right. Thanks. Uh, all right. And the next one is Grand Night State Comic Con from September... Uh, just for one day for September 17th. Double Tree by Helton Ma- Manchester Downtown in Manchester, New Hampshire. Oh, what's on your list?
5: Well, I, I, I managed to just Somehow draw the best cons of everyone. I'm sorry, friends. They're just so great. They have the best names, certainly. That's for sure. Because I'm super excited. (laughs)
1: I'm I'm very excited. (laughs) I want to go to this one. (laughs) I I bet you do. I'm excited for Furry. (laughs) I'm excited
5: for Furry Takeover 2022. Because what happens in Fontana Dam, North Carolina, days in Fontana Dam uh, at the Fontana Village Resort Marina. So apparently if you're going to be, you can as a furry attend that convention via the sea. You can pull in there in your sailing vessel and come into the marina and check things out. Just be sure. To uh, make sure you're dried off appropriately before you enter the convention hall, September 16th through 18th again it's furry takeover 2022 i I, I need to know more about this strange I hope event: hope it's not uh, an no.
4: oven in Tech,
5: I really don't know, okay. man i
4: don't know well you know i 've seen plenty of costumes
5: <laughs> these days, friends, that have little mini I have a friend who dresses up as a tie fighter pilot okay to cross the other side of the street into the star wars realm and he has little tiny fans that have been installed inside of his helmet to keep him cool so technology can help you gentlemen i'm sure they can do something for klingon heads head pieces jim i'm sure there's all kinds of stuff that can happen when it's really really hot and, and it gets really hot in north carolina especially at furry takeover and i'll just leave it at that um this next one let's let's move to south carolina where a lot of interesting things are going on in the carolinas it appears uh september 16th through 18th you can go to mega moose con 2022 that's right mega moose con i I thought i was going to be talking about something canadian but no i'm in richburg south carolina at the gateway conference center which is a great place to go so carolinians you have your choice of two amazing conventions there uh just be sure to bring uh, all the necessary equipment to uh, have a great time. And finally, kind of not far from where Eric's planting himself tonight in East Moline, Illinois, that is uh, the Rust Belt, which is a, I believe, a convention center in East Moline. I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. September sixteenth through eighteenth, twenty twenty two. It's Midwest Monster Fest, twenty twenty two. We got our fair share of monsters in the Star Trek universe, right? And some of us Star Trek fans are monsters ourselves. So <laughs> we all feel welcome at Midwest Monster Fest. Uh, no matter who you are, or if you're a salt vampire, or you're a, a, a gigantic horda, whatever you may be, Midwest Monster Fest is a place to fly your flag and fly it freely. Charles, I'll pass it over to you, friend.
3: Well, let's start with the weekend of the 16th to 18th. Let's try ExtremeCon, September 17th and 18th. St. Robert's, St. Robert's Community Center, St. Robert's, Montana. Haunted Scream Expo, September 17th and 18th. At the Hampton Rose Convention Center, Hampton, Virginia. And one more that I don't know a whole lot of detail about since we're busy with Star Trek Las Vegas is Amazing Las Vegas Comic Con. September 16th to 18th at the Las Vegas Convention Center right here in Las Vegas. I think I've seen postcards on it, but I haven't really looked into it yet because I've been busy with other things. We'll see. Jim, I bet you'd love to do some Star Trek news.
2: Absolutely, it's time for Star Trek news. Guys. Priority
0: one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters
4: of program.
0: Level nine authorization required.
4: Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black
2: alert. Okay, all the stories that we're about to talk about can be found in their entirety on our Facebook page. We're just giving a, a little uh, brief version of the story to get the idea across to you guys. So, Eric, what do you have to start us off with?
0: Well, Jim, I get to start this week with my absolute favorite segment, and I'm going to send it out this week to uh, my new friend, Kevin, who I met at Trek Condoroga. This is the segment I was telling you about, buddy, so I hope you like it. Shatner says, what? That's right. William Shatner blasts the supervillain Elon Musk as, quote, annoying dude. Looks like William Shatner is not Elon Musk's biggest fan. The Star Trek alum, 91 years old, ripped into the Tesla executive who's only 51 during a recent episode of the Daily Show segment, Daily Showography, calling him a, quote, supervillain and an annoying dude. Shatner says, he's part Thomas Edison, part Iron Man, part annoying dude in the group chat and he's anything but your standard ceo like so many tech entrepreneurs he earned his unimaginable wealth by doing something invaluable for society the miscongenial v2 star (laughs) says selling (laughs) a (laughs) selling a startup you've never heard of to a company that doesn't exist anymore he then teased musk for having a midlife crisis during his 20s and for crashing his supercar around the time he began his own recording label to release EDM music. A banger all the more impressive considering Musk had clearly never heard music before, Shatner said. Yes, Elon Musk refuses to stay in his lane, much like a Tesla on autopilot. <laughs> Shatner concluded this segment with a sharp-tongued review of the ways the SpaceX founder utilized Twitter to make the world a better place without actually doing anything. He said, And when a Thai soccer team was stuck in a cave, Elon even promised to rescue those kids from the guy who rescued them, Shatner quipped. That's why Musk is such a champion of free speech. If you can't randomly accuse someone who's saving people's lives of being a pedo guy, does civil discourse – even exist Wow this is one of our best Shatner says what's I think in a long time there's is, there's is some gold buried deep in this one here people so uh, I just had a lot of fun with this story <laughs> and William Shatner never ceases to amaze me what will come out of his mouth dude not...
5: like <laughs> can we can we or I mean we're good at organizing conventions and stuff right okay I oh, want to yeah. pitch this to you let's get Shatner and Elon Musk as like a wrestling. Oh. Pay-per-view events, right? They I clearly have some some energy they need to work out, right? I mean, uh, I like think
0: to that see would see be it. amazing.
5: And you pay him enough,
0: like, and I'm I'm positive Shatner would show up. Absolutely. And whoever wins, uh,
5: whoever loses, has to be put into space permanently.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, would Elon Musk have to dress up in a gorn rubber suit? Uh, I'd pay to see that. That's the only way it'll go down. Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: will exile them from the planet.
5: All right. I think this is a chance to finally get some of the chaff sorted from the weed here. So, uh, you
4: know. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, what a great and entertaining story. Thank you so much, William Shatner, for
1: <laughs> continuing
0: to provide my content for this segment of our podcast. <laughs> so that being said, uh, Charles, you want to talk to us about some comics?
3: Oh, definitely.
0: Star Trek Resurgence,
3: coming from IDW. IDW will publish a prequel to the video game Star Trek Resurgence that will set the stage for the action game. Co-writer by, co-written by two of the game's writers, Andrew Grant and Dan Martin, with art by Josh Hood. The five-issue limited series will depict events that lead up the storyline of the game. The game is being developed. The video game is being developed by Dramatic Labs for so the PC, PlayStation, and Xbox platforms. That is slated for release later this year. Set in the year 2380, just after Star Trek: The Next Generation films, it features a new ship, the USS Rel, Rel, Resolute, an all-new cast. IEW's Star Trek Resurgence follows the crew. Uh, the Resolute as a search for a missing scientist who is on the verge of a major technological breakthrough. The first issue released release in November with three covers. Interesting. Jim, how about Star Trek
0: Day?
2: Very interesting. A comic book from a video game. I'm I'm we'll have to yeah. cover that on Comic Corner.
0: Well, it kind of reminds me of this show that David recommended to me a little while ago um, called Witcher, which I think also comes from a video game. And it turned out the show wasn't that bad. So maybe the comic won't be that bad either. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So we'll, it's a pretty we'll,
2: fun show. We'll check it out for sure. Well, guys, you may have heard of Star Trek Day. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe uh, it did, yes. did. Oh, isn't that,
3: uh, isn't, that the, isn't that Disney Day also?
2: That, that's that's is when Mickey Mouse day? landed on the planet Earth. Jim, I, I thought every day
5: was Star Trek Day, okay? I, it, I mean, well, I, have well, I been
2: doing it wrong? <laughs> well, this is a special Star Trek Day. So okay. uh, Star Trek Day is announced by Paramount Plus. Fans of the sci-fi franchise will be pleased to know the celebration gets started on Thursday, September 8th. You know, Thursday has always been Star Trek Day mainly because it's Trek Talking Day. So that gives you another reason to celebrate. At uh, 12 p.m. Uh, PT and 3 p.m. ET, that's my time and your time, uh, streaming live from the Skirball Cultural Center in Los Angeles, California, Star Trek Day is set to feature a ton <laughs> of person conversations with cast members from the entire Star Trek universe. Also included in the day's festivities, be some awesome announcements and reveals for everything Star Trek. In addition, there will be some Star Trek augmented reality Delta portals set up in select cities. Does anybody know what that actually is? I do.
0: I so augmented reality, Jim, is, uh, is like what Google Glass did for a while, where it's a layer of graphics that kind of goes on top, in or, or like if anybody had played Pokemon Go, and there you looked on your phone, and you would, if you pointed your phone in a certain direction, you might find a, a Pokemon out there. So augmented reality is this thing that adds a layer of digital content over the top of live video. So that could be pretty interesting. Well, it goes on to
2: say this one-of-a-kind Opportunity will fans will see viewers able to scan QR codes for exclusive Instagram experience. Fully 3D alien planets, classic starships, and iconic characters are all on the itinerary. The AR Delta portals are scheduled to run from Wednesday, September 7th to Thursday, September 8th. I don't know where, but they're going to be out there somewhere.
0: Well, it says earlier at the Skirball. It says at the Skirball, uh, Cultural Center.
2: In LA. that's where these. De- oh, and L- okay. Yep. A
0: list of some of
2: these con- uh, conversations and additional programmings for the event are Star Trek Picard with with uh, series stars Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd. Star Trek Lower Decks with voice cast members Tawny Newsom, Noel Wells, and Don Lewis. Star Trek Prodigy with series voice casting including Brett Gray, Cult, and Kate Mulgrew. Um, and Star Trek Strange New Worlds with series stars Rebecca Romaine, Jess Bush, Christina Chong, Celia Groves-Gooding, Melissa Navia, and Babs Alusinamukswudusi. Alusa, yeah. the Moose, the Yeah. Alusan Yeah. The Doctor. You just, okay.
0: just
2: got to get
0: the, yeah. Go
2: ahead. Uh, also, there's a few other shows. Uh, they'll have a Michelle Nichols tribute featuring a special video to honor the impact and the influence of Michelle Nichols. Uh, speaking of that, any of you guys watch The Ready Room for Lower Decks yet? Oh, uh, yeah. No, yet. No, I have Not yet. One. Well, uh, Will Wheaton has a very nice tribute video that he plays for Nichelle Nichols if you haven't watched it yet, so uh, please check that out. There's going to be a behind-the-scenes set tour of Star Trek Discovery with Wilson Cruz from Toronto as he provides fans with an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at filming Season 5 of the hit original series, along with appearances from Seneca Martin-Green and other cast members. Number three space, where a lucky fan will be transformed into a Star Trek alien by a series makeup artist. A uh, Star Trek cosplay runway hosted by Jackie Cox, fans will stroke the runway in their finest Star Trek cosplay. And number five, special guest Reggie Watts from The Late Late Show with James Gordon. And last but not least, stand up comedy, I Am Potion of The Mr. Show and The Big Bang Theory. Join Paramount plus co-host Tony and Paul F. Tompkins co-host of Star Trek The Pod Director for two hours of free live stream conversations and programming that will unite iconic cast members from television series and gather in person to celebrate Star Trek with a few surprises along the way. The event will be called live from the Star Trek Day Red Carpet. We co-host Jackie Cox and Mary Chipo Lorel, one of my favorite Klingons. We talked about her at uh, our Klingon panel at Sharkana He's interviewing Star Trek cast members from past to present. That is going to be interesting. I bet we'll be able to get a whole show out of
0: that. I'm Man, that you. sounds so cool. I mean, I, so the, what I'm getting from this is that there's going to be a thing that you walk into, and when you walk into the thing all of this stuff happens. So like you're in there and like maybe you're standing next to Jerry Ryan or you know, maybe you're hanging out with Kate Mulgrew. That just sounds so cool and it happens in 2 weeks. It's not enough time for me to make plans in LA.
2: No. I just I hope that they they I hope that they do it a little bit better than they did it last year. If you guys remember last year, it streamed live and then they put it on Paramount Plus, but it was all over the place and you couldn't
0: find them all, remember? Well, yeah, 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 that was a little rough last year. They, Two years ago it was great, re- but last year was eh. <laughs> They really should put
2: Star Trek Day on Paramount Plus under Star Trek Day. But what they do is they break up all the panels and all the interviews and all the special features and put them all under all the different shows. So you have to literally bounce all over to to find them all. Super it, was a little, it was super annoying with the way they did it, but I was glad that they did and I appreciate it. All right, guys, so um, on Monday, well, anyways, Paul has a story here that I, (laughs) I picked specifically for Paul because he is setting down his wine and picking up his toys. So, Paul, what do you got for us, buddy?
5: Thanks, Uncle Tim. I appreciate it more than I can possibly explain or articulate to you. Uh, I have many enthusiasms. As you know, wine is one. I love that good stuff. I like to celebrate things I am enthusiastic about. And uh, while there are a great many things, I have to confess to all of you friends and fellow Star Trek aficionados, there may be nothing I am more enthusiastic about than toys and action figures, okay? I am just letting it fly. I am no longer hiding it in my life. Everyone needs to know it. And I've got um, what some people have jokingly called a little museum in my house that is devoted to this uh, collecting nonsense. And uh, I, when this next news article came across, I was thrilled and excited to read that the because I am uh, i can't contain my enthusiasm any longer. The first wave of new Playmates toy company, Star Trek toys and figures have been revealed. I have some of them in my house, even as I speak. The return of Playmates toys to Star Trek made our most anticipated of 2022 list. Playmates was the master toy licensee for Star Trek during the 1990s, and a phenomenal range of product, and they are now finally returning this year as a global licensee across action figures, vehicles, ships, and role play for all Viacom CBS Star Trek properties. Playmates will be releasing 5-inch figures. This is the ones they did previously, right, the 114 scale. They'll be releasing 5-inch figures from three different Star Trek eras initially. Each figure has 14 points of articulation, which is substantially more than the original ones had in the early 90s. The Star Trek Universe figures will be packaged in either 90s, nostalgic packaging, or newly designed Star Trek Universe blister cards, depending on the character. And so far, we have initially a a little group of eight figures that are hitting stores now, and you can order some of them online online. And have them in your possession in mere days if you're you're speedy. From Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, we have Admiral James T. Kirk, Captain Spock, and Khan Noonien Singh, as seen in, what a shock, (laughs) Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, in really great nostalgic packaging that evokes the the movie release universe packaging that Playmates did these on originally. Um, I should point out, Captain Spock, we uh, did not really have a legit Captain Spock in his movie uniform figure before many of us uh, had to kitbash our own. I won't say who we sacrificed to do that, but uh, <laughs> it's great to see a legit one with really cool accessories that match uh, what, uh, what we saw in the movie. So we'll talk a lot more about this in the time to come. From Star Trek The Next Generation, we have uh, Next Gen's Lieutenant Commander Data, Captain Jean-Luc Picard himself, and commander william Riker, all in the nostalgic packaging that looks very similar to the playmates toy packaging we all know and love from the uh, early to mid 90s and brand spanking new never before released is a lot of star trek discovery fans out there who've been pining away i know we heard a lot of the time that there was going to be another toy company that will remain nameless i think it might have been
3: diamond select and was going to release figures of uh
5: Or was it, no, it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was McFarland. now that I think about it. Yeah, it was McFarlane toys. Sorry, Diamond Select. But they were going to do, uh, they were going to, McFarlane was going to do some early uh, Discovery figures. Never saw the light of day. Not beyond uh, prototypes that you saw at cons. So we now have in hand, right as we speak, you can get them today. The first ever Star Trek Discovery figures of both science officer Michael Burnham, And Commander Saru. So we're kind of starting at the beginning of the show, right? Not how she is now as a captain. I'm sure we'll get those down the line. But this is kind of, you know, in progression, starting off with the history from where the the series first began in its original seasons. In brand new universe packaging. And I must say, they look magnificent. And Playmates is also making new Star Trek vehicles like the classic enterprise and role play toys with the first two releases in the first wave is going to be the original series enterprise. It's an 18 inch scale, uh, ship lights, sounds, phrases, all updated with clarification. It looks fantastic. Really, really solid. And, uh, also I know I'll be getting myself one of these as well because you can never have enough original series phasers (laughs) complete with lights and sounds. Because you have to, you just might have Klingons back. You might have uh, you know, Gorns at the door. You never know what's going to happen. Make sure you've got a good supply of phasers in your armory, friends. So I am super pumped about this release of these initial eight figures. The ones I've got in hand, I've got about half of them in hand so far. And uh, they are not disappointing. There's interesting things about them. I have tried, friends to restrain myself because I have not ripped any of these open yet. I'm saving that for this coming Monday, August 29th, 7:30 Eastern, 4:30 Pacific when we'll be having our resurrected segment of the toy chest where I will be kind of wreaking havoc and taking control of the tiller and ripping open these figures because we're going to focus on Star Trek figures on Monday, guys and gals and It's going to be super exciting. We'll be talking about all these new Playmates figures. We're going to be ripping them open, unboxing them live. We're going to be comparing them with uh, their uh, original forebears from the 90s Playmates line. We'll be talking about all those good things and uh, seeing what they're like. How's the articulation? How are the likenesses? All those good things. We're going to bust it open and... I'm going to be jumping on our Facebook page over the weekend and sharing some images to
3: titillate you
5: and get you excited about uh, the Monday show and show you a little glimpse of what you can expect from these figures and some things that will make you wonder what exactly am I seeing here and how does that relate to these Star Trek figures? So be sure to check out the the Facebook page over the weekend and get yourself ready for a lots of crazy Playmates toy enthusiasm. They are back. It's super exciting. And I'm really excited to get a chance to infect you all with my toy enthusiasm. <laughs> kind of run amok here. If we're lucky someday, hopefully, we'll even be able to get a rep from Playmates to come on the show and uh, and listen to our exhaustive and crazy wish list of all the many many fingers and play states that we really hope that they uh, produce. Because this, when you guys gave up the ghost back in the late 90s, there were a lot of things that we really had hoped – we would see from Playmates that never came to be. So this is a chance to really fulfill a lot of, uh, a lot of dreams here, friends. And uh, I'm excited to share all this stuff. It's wonderful news, historic toy collecting news, that these Playmates figures are back among us. So that's all I got. Let me pass the baton back over to you, Jim. Yeah, hey, uh, we, were, we
2: were going to try to squeeze that segment into this show, but I decided that that warrants its own full hour-long show. So that's going to be on Monday. It's to be fun, brother. To, Thank you. You want to check that out for sure. All right,
3: looking guys. Forward to the, it, looking
2: forward to Monday. It, it, it's going to be fun. It, it's that time, yeah, guys. It'll be a hoot. <laughs> it, 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 it's yeah. time for... He um asks me. He tasks me,
5: and I shall have him.
2: What's
3: this? I'll
4: chase him Who is this guy? The of Nibia and round the is that Larry and David round tradition's flames before I give him up.
0: You know, I think I saw that guy at Truck Conoroga. I possibly. absolutely saw and he gave that exact speech. It's so weird that you got a recording of it. Uh,
2: you know, it's it's funny how they show up when you least expect them.
5: It will be your chariot. Excuse
2: me. It will
5: carry my power to every corner of creation. Excuse me, I'd just like to ask a question.
2: What does God need with a starship? Bring the ship that's a closer. Question. That's, a, that's a legitimate question. What does solid God need with a starship? Absolutely legitimate question. So guys, you know what this means? It's time to talk about our Star Trek movie. So give us a call, 646-668-2433. I know everybody has an opinion on this one. And just remember, if you're at Triconaroga, you know there are no wrong opinions. Okay? And uh, yeah, there's no wrong opinions. So, we always ask you guys on our Facebook page to score the episodes, the movies, on a scale of 1 to 10. And we did that. We we, we did do that. And um, we asked you guys to score the Star Trek movies. And Uh, So, coming in at number 13 as the worst Star Trek movie, according to you guys, the fans, on a score of 1 to 10, scoring 4.6, Star Trek Nemesis. Uh, Coming in at number 12, scoring 4.7, just a tenth higher than Nemesis, was Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Coming in at number 11, uh, with a score of 5.7, a full point higher than uh, Star Trek V, the final frontier, we have Star Trek Insurrection. And coming in at number 10, with uh, just a few tens higher than Insurrection, we have Star Trek Generation. And uh, Eric,
0: what do we have coming in at number 9? Well, for number nine, we jump over to that Kelvin universe, and the second movie, Into Darkness, came in at a 6.3. So that's uh, just a few ticks higher than Generations. We go just a couple of ticks higher than that, and we have another Kelvin universe movie. At number eight, we have Star Trek Beyond, who you all gave a 6.6. Coming in at number seven, uh, at a 7.1, you all said the, the motion picture is number seven your number seven favorite your number six favorite of course is star trek three the search for spock you gave that a 7.2 so just a tenth higher than the motion picture real close there and then we get a big jump we get a big jump all the way to number five uh and the voyage home star trek four goes to an 8.7 so that is uh that's a point and a half higher than the search for spock and from here on it's just gravy charles how about those top four
3: well, we go back to Kelvin Universe, number four, Star Trek 2009, got a fan vote of
1: 8.8,
3: just above Voyage Home. Number three, Undiscovered Country, with a fan vote of 9.2. Number two, with the second movie in the Star Trek series, Star Trek: The Wrath of on at a 9.6 and we top off number one with the first TNG movie Star Trek First Contact at a
2: 9.7 yeah and that and, is all 13 movies and these are voted on by you guys The fans, these aren't our scores. These are your scores taken right off of our Facebook page. So that's where they line up. And we're going to talk about them a little bit. We're not going to go through all 13 movies because we just don't have enough time to do that. So uh, we'll just kind of center on on our favorites. And um, one, two, three. Yeah, I think we'll we'll, we'll center on our favorites. Now, what do you say we let the birthday boys start? What do you guys say?
0: Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Uh, let so
2: David start. So, David, you heard where the fans put the movies. Do you do you pretty much agree with their listing? Is there anything you would change?
4: Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm kind of up in the area for the next generation she, uh, shows, uh, movie basically that should be up in closer to top four. Uh, Especially uh Generations. I kinda of actually like that one way more than um first contact or uh Nemesis. But yeah, I think Generation would probably be either taking the spot as number one or number two for me. However, I do like some of the uh Kirk movies. The Kirk movie for well, my favorite would probably be uh Yeah, probably be The Voyage Home, for sure. I mean, The Wrath of Khan was good, too, but Voyage Home, for some reason, I don't know. I I have memories of liking that particular movie more so than Wrath of Khan, because when I was watching The Wrath of Khan when I was really young, it just kind of went over my head for some reason, but the more I watched it as I got older, I I liked it, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. But for some reason, I don't know, the new Star Trek show, I'm sure it had a lot of action and it had a lot of, uh, you know, good references of the actual TOS movies. Uh, Those are pretty up there, too, for me. So overall, I think my least favorite out of all of them, compared to generation, would probably be... Star Trek Beyond, I think. Well, the end of What? What's one was number three again? Beyond. I what it is. Beyond. Okay, yeah. I think that would probably be my least favorite. But yeah, overall, I don't know. I'm. Mean, Contact was good. rats was pretty good. Undiscovered Country was. Eh. But um, yeah, I think that's about how my list would be.
2: Yeah, and you know, I think. It's not. It's not strange that you would pick uh, Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home because Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home, uh, my parents refer to it as the whale movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, my parents. That's the only Mm -hmm. Star Trek movie my parents ever went to see. The whale movie. I think it appealed to a lot more people than just Star Trek fans. And I think that's why that movie ranks so high because you don't have to be a Star Trek fan to enjoy that movie. I mean, it helps if you are, but but you don't have to be to enjoy it. So I'm right there with you, buddy. I follow you 100%. So how about you, Eric? What do you think?
0: Uh, Well, you know, I think I'm kind of in here. I hear what David's saying about uh, generations, I think, deserving to be a little bit higher on the list. I know that not everybody loves that movie, but, you know, that movie – Uh, I think deserves some respect for bringing the next generation crew to the big screen. Um, So I'd probably put that up a little higher, but I cannot disagree at all with number one. Uh, First contact is definitely my favorite of all the movies. Um, I'm a next gen guy. I mean, I I love the Kirk movies and I know which one is my favorite. Uh, But first contact to me is just a special, special movie. It's got that Jonathan Frake stamp all over it and it deals with the Borg And it's just like uh, so many great lines. The line must be drawn. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie so much. So uh, first contact, number one, I cannot argue with that. I would put personally, um, I put Raffa Khan and Undiscovered Country right at the same level. Uh, In fact, I might like Undiscovered Country just a little bit more because I tend to like the Star Trek movies that have a little bit more of a complex plot, a few more characters, Um, you know, some some shady stuff going on in the background. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with Wrath of Khan. It is a fantastic submarine movie, one of the greatest villains uh, in Star Trek of all time, but it's a simple movie. You know, it's basically just a battle between Kirk and and Khan uh, with uh, some casualties here and there on the side. So I'm going to say Undiscovered Country is actually my second favorite movie. Um, I shall leave you with soon
1: for for eternity in <laughs> the center of a dead planet. Buried
0: alive. Buried alive. Charged! There you go. That is the essence of Star Trek Two right there, and I love it. I love that we greet each other uh, every week on this podcast by playing that sound clip. Now let's go to the other end of my spectrum. So I've told you that I, I really dig First Contact and I really dig uh, Undiscovered Country. If you kind of go to the other end, so the fans have voted uh, Star Trek Nemesis as last on the list with a 4.6, um, much in the same way that I defend Pulaski Uh I will also defend Star Trek Nemesis, and I've told Jim this several times, and in fact, I think I've told all the guys on the podcast here. I think after you watch seasons one and two of Star Trek Picard, you should really go back and give Nemesis another try. Uh, I think a lot of people did not like that movie. Uh, They didn't think um, Shinzon was a particularly compelling character. Maybe they didn't think he looked enough like Patrick Stewart. Um, maybe they just didn't like the Remans. Uh, I'm not sure uh, why the movie gets so much uh, chaff. Now, is it a great movie? I'm going to say no. Uh, But for me, personally, it's more like a six and a half or a seven. I think there's some really interesting writing in there trying to play with this uh, idea of Kirk's, or excuse me, Picard's um, Dark side, (laughs) which I think is one of those things that we get to explore just a little bit more in season two of Picard, right? We see a totalitarian uh, general Picard um, and Shinzon was supposed to kind of be that same character. And, and that movie also has some really interesting commentary on, um, on what environment does to people, right? Shinzon has the same DNA as Picard, but he grew up in the Riemann mines and was basically tortured and beaten his whole life. Um, and so what does that actually do to a person? Can, could any one of us be a mirror version of ourselves had we grown up in a bad environment? So I'm going to say that I would blast nemesis more like towards the middle of the pack. I might even put it up at like number six or seven for myself. And, um, As good as I think some of the moments are in them, bottom of my list would probably also, like David, be Star Trek Beyond. Just didn't get into that movie. Didn't like the characters that much. Um, I actually like Star Trek Into Darkness a little bit more. So, That's kind of my rundown of the movie list. How about you, Charles?
3: Okay. Uh, As people talk about they were they were Definitely, I think get their start with T- most more TNG. Well, I I was more of a Kirk era till after G and TNG came in, and I talked about it. Make like my number one pushes up to Voyagers, Voyage, voyage Hall. It's it's hard to kind of decide between Con and a bit of good luck. Voyage Home, but I think I kind of push with a little bit of humor in there, and we get to see a lot more activity from all the characters. We have that scene where Hera and Chekov are sitting there trying to find the nuclear vessel.
1: Find it? Yes, under U.S. government. Now we need direction. Excuse me, sir. Can you direct me to the naval base in Alameda? It's there they keep the nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons. Excuse us. Oh, excuse me. Uh, we are looking for nuclear weapons. Can you tell me where the naval base is in Alameda? You're looking for nuclear. Hello, we are looking for the nuclear vessels in Alameda. Could you tell me where... Can you help you, us? Please, we're looking for the naval base in Alameda. Could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are? Nu- Ooh, I don't know if I know the answer to that. I think it's across the bay. In Alameda. That's what I said, Alameda. Alameda. I know but that. But where is Alameda?
2: There. Are. I, had to pl- I had to play it out for you, Charles.
0: Perfectly timed.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. But
3: kind of hard to pick out number three because I got several in there, but two right off the bat. Contact was definitely a good origin movie. But Motion Picture
1: Yeah. also to me
3: a great episode and I remember, as a kid, my dad and I going to theater some Sunday 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 afternoon and seeing that in the theater, and it's like, I've heard so many jokes about it, that one, the motionless picture, but when you're a young fan, and all we've had are... we've we've had the 79 episodes. If you were lucky, you got to see some of the animated series. All you might have is that and maybe some of the comic series. I'm not sure if the comic series had come out yet. And all of a sudden, go to the movie theater. Sit in the movie theater and you get to see the whole crew on the big screen. You get to see an original, original live episode that you've never seen because everything was always reruns. To finally see the crew on stick, everybody on the big screen. Some people sit there and criticize the long cameo shot of the Enterprise. No, that's the, that's the fan, that's, that's respect to the fans of getting to see the full view of the ship, which you never really got to see that good a view of the Enterprise. But you got to see the details of that ship, and you got to see just how, that, how big and how just immense that ship was. And we went out, and it's like, okay, we got to find out what this probe is. And we find out it's, it's our own past. We launched Voyager, and Voyager got caught somewhere. So it is just, to me, personally, one of my favorites because it just brought Star Trek, Star Trek to the movies.
0: And Charles, that movie in particular, I, I'll just interject this real quick. It has a real connection to old science fiction, like when when you watch the motion picture remember it came out the year uh, the year after star wars right or a couple of years after star it was right in there and it came out after that a couple
3: after of that, years after star wars a
0: couple of years after star wars and so we had been shown a science fiction future that was, that was just full of a ton of action right lots of lasers lots of action But yeah, nice. star trek the motion picture was much more like 2001 a space odyssey which was yeah. a slow slower moving you know deeply thinking type movie and I think that is one of the things that really sets the motion picture apart from all of the other Star Trek movies. None of the other Star Trek movies have the same pacing and the same feel as the motion picture.
1: But it was a, well, it, it was a slow the movie, but it was
0: a... Picture. It's in the what title. Say, yeah, and what did you say, Charles? Yeah.
3: I was going to say, yes, it was a slow moving but we were just such an awe of finally seeing the cast again.
0: Yeah. And it was written by Gene Roddenberry. So he, you know, I, and Harold Livingston, of course, but uh, I, I feel like it's because those guys were of the era of, um, you know, Arthur C. Clarke and Isaac Asimov and all of those hard sci-fi guys it's the influence of all of those writers that kind of led the motion picture to be made the way that it was. And it was cool because it was a totally different way of looking at science fiction from what Star Wars was doing at the time um, on the big right. screen. You know, yeah. Well,
3: you also had at that same time, 79. That was also the re- release of Star Galactica.
0: That's right. So
3: we had a lot of adventure stuff. I think Buck Rogers was not far behind we had a lot of adventures on TV and the movies and it was like to see a different perspective of sci-fi that we'd gotten previously from 2001. So definitely. It's hard to really say bottom because, the thing is, Star Trek 2000, the, Star, the Kelvin Universe, did something Jim talks about, and i rather agree with it. So those kind of are in the middle, because those brought in new fans. They brought Jamie. That's got, that brought Jamie into the loop. All of a sudden, Jim's got a daughter who loves Star Trek because of the 2009 movies. Because her generation got to have their Star Trek. I, for one, liked what they did with in the third movie. I liked where they went with it. The second movie, also the fact it's like, okay, oh, but they rebuilt, they rebuilt and re- reworked the villain in there. It's like, yes, they worked the, the villain we had a different con. Ricardo Montalban is the big, powerful presence. Especially when you get with, a, with, his, with his outfit wide open, seeing the chest air. He's a strong, powerful wanting to get in there in the fight. Whereas in the new, Kelvin universes, we got the intellect we got the intelligent Khan, which is still a part of Khan. Just a different perspective of that character. Mm-hmm. But I think we had a good Khan he, and a very popular actor.
0: And Charles, it's probably, was worth, his it's probably worth mentioning that Khan Noonien Singh also, and this is one thing that I think maybe Star Trek has not done a very good job with. Khan Noonien Singh is supposed to be an Indian character from India, right? And he's been right. played by two characters. He was played by Ricardo Montalban, who is Mexican, and he was played by yep. Benedict Cumberbatch, who's a white guy. And so we have yet to see... An English. Or excuse me. Uh, yeah, well, he's English, yes. He's British British and Caucasian. And so we have yet to see a a Khan that actually fits a look and, you know, maybe even culturally what Khan should be. So I think that's kind of interesting and it's something that I wish Star Trek would do a little bit better on, you know, Into Darkness. Why didn't they cast an Indian uh, actor? I'm not sure. I think they were trying to get a big name in there to help get a
3: good hit for the Star Trek movies. And I think that's why he was chosen, because of
0: who he was at that time. And he does – he plays intelligent characters. So I think you're totally right. He's he, – he, you know, he – like Benedict Cumberbatch is no I mean Sherlock and like all these other characters. You know, Doctor Strange now. He's supposed to be like super – he's got that intelligent look, I guess, right? So I see what you're saying. Yes. But Star Trek can really do better, can't it?
3: Yeah, but I still like the direction they took. Vizcon.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: But really, it's hard to pick least favorites in this series because there were a lot of good movies in there. As Jim's pushed, Star Trek 5 kind of worked its way back up back up because we do get an interesting character. We do get Spock's brother, and that's an important – that's – we're finding out it's going to be an important character into Strange Strange New World Season 2. So that we had a – we had some great uh, fight scenes in there. We've got some good scenes in that movie. And it's an interesting perspective on religion. So, what do you think, Jim? You've been suddenly quiet
2: no i just I just had to uh mute my uh my speaker here. so I'm looking at the list here, and I'm looking at the top four, the middle five and the bottom four and um number one, our fans have Star Trek first contact and yeah, how can you go wrong with that right Frakes. I mean, freaks nailed it. Right I mean he he nailed it big time, so I, I agree with that. I think that that Star Trek um, first contact deserves to be on that list. Uh, so, so okay, I don't like to um, specifically number the movies because it depends on the kind of mood that I'm in at any given time as to what movie yeah. I'm going to watch and when I'm going to watch it. Now I will, I, I will preface that by saying that there are certain movies that I'm not going to watch and those are going to be the ones at the bottom of my list but for the top of the list First Contact uh, 9.7 yeah I, I'm down with that yeah, absolutely um, it's right up there Wrath of Khan 9.6 yeah I'm, I'm down with that too and um, Star Trek 2009 um, I'm down with that as well in the, in the top but here's where my change is, my biggest change is going to be. And you guys already know what that is. I'm taking Star uh-huh. Trek V from number 12, and I'm bopping it all the way up to number three. I might even put Star Trek V at number one. And if you were at, at Tricanaroga, when I said that on uh, stage during the Klingon panel and heard a collective groan, people actually came up to me in the dealer's room at our table and wanted to ask me, why? And I'll tell you why. Because, first of all, uh, well, I don't like William Shatner, (laughs) okay? So, I'm not a Shatner fan at all. So, it's not because of Shatner. Uh, And I'm not defending Shatner. But uh, Shatner was fighting an uphill battle with that movie the entire time. Um, He had studio interference. He had studio rewrites. Uh, Gene Roddenberry wasn't in favor of the movie either. Um, You know, the whole In Search of God thing. I'm not really sure that was the right direction to go with the Star Trek movie but as it turns out it really wasn't god after all so they 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 went down a rabbit hole but but were able to to turn it around so you know you've got all that going on uh then their special effects their budget got cut and cut and cut and cut and they ended up having a TV commercial company do the special effects for a Star Trek film just crazy, unheard of. I mean, so the effects could be much, much better than they are. So that's another strike. Um But, 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 but Jerry Goldsmith did the score. Come on, he did the score for the motion picture. Yeah. Star Trek 5. And for me, Star Trek 5, the soundtrack for Star Trek 5 comes in right there behind Star Trek, the motion picture. And then Jerry Goldsmith, soundtrack. he captured the feel of Star Trek. And if you've ever listened to the podcast, you know, I'm really anal about music. And to me, the score for Star Trek Five feels Star Trek. And when I listen to it, it just brings me into Star Trek. It, it, Jerry Goldsmith just nailed it with the soundtrack. So, so, So that's a big plus for me. Another thing for me is we see them out of uniform. I mean, these people have lives. They're not wearing a starfleet uniform all the time. They're not on the bridge all the time. Well, in this particular movie, we see them camping, and I am a camper. As you guys have heard many times, I've done my podcast (laughs) from my camp. So I, you know, seeing them camping just just makes me happy because I can relate to that. So I really enjoyed the camping scene, especially the marshmallow scene. Um, You guys (laughs) got to read the
4: book the marshmallow <laughs> distributor that's yeah <laughs> do you have a clip for
2: that one <laughs> there's, there's a, a joke about the marshmallows uh with mccoy and spock read the book it's great how that happens so i really like the camping the camping stuff Seeing these three guys um just hanging out and being friends was was really special for me uh, it, it also had a lot of great scenes in it at, like McCoy euthanizing his father. Uh, I thought that DeForest Kelly just, just nailed that scene. And it's 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 really one of the better scenes that I've seen in any of the Star Trek movies, to be honest with you. I thought it was really, really great. Um, and there's a lot of other great character scenes that come out in Star Trek V uh, here and there. I love Cybok. The fact that that Spock has another brother uh, in Cybok and that we see him again on Strange New Worlds just makes that connection that much more better. So I well, like the whole Spock.
0: And the best thing about Cybok is that he's a full Vulcan who doesn't have any of the hangups that Spock has about being half and half, and yet he's completely non-Vulcan. I mean, that's the coolest thing about Cybok is we get to see, oh my gosh, not every single Vulcan in the world is the same, right? Some exactly. of we... And Enterprise would later... Name this group of emotional Vulcans, the Syranites, not the stalactites, as Jim will often say, but, you know, we can kind of like <laughs> retro headcanon um, Cybok very easily as a Serenite. In fact, maybe maybe Strange New Worlds will actually uh, explore that just a little bit more. I know that Enterprise is set way before Strange New Worlds, um, but maybe we'll get that word coming back. Maybe we'll get uh, Cybot connected to that world. That would be so cool. Uh, I think
4: That'd it's going to be, be, awesome. be more
0: of a Cyborg Cyborg.
2: That would be awesome. I meant to know. But, but The biggest reason why I like Star Trek 5 is for me, Star Trek 5 is the closest thing to a TOS episode that they've come with all the movies. You can sit down, it's just a fun romp. You don't have to see any of the other movies. It's, it's a standalone film. Great soundtrack. Great Klingons. I think Spice Williams nails it as Vixis. We've had her on the podcast many times. Charlie Cooper Cooper's Cord is great. The late David Warner is awesome. And I love the movie. And I, and that's why. So I, I bumped Star Trek Five all the way up and actually knocked Star Trek Six out and put number four. Star Trek 5 in there. Um, and, I, and, of course, the rest of the movies, 5 through 9, I think I would have to put all the other Star Trek movies in there because I don't think that there is a bad Star Trek film. I think, you know, uh, the motion picture, Wrath the Khan, Search for Spock, Voyage, Home, uh, Star Trek 5, Star Trek 6, they're all good movies. Every single one of them. And to put them in any numerical order would be difficult for me to do because You know, sometimes I want to watch something like the motion picture, which, by the way, has the best opening sequence ever done in any movie. That Klingon sequence with the battle cruisers fly over your head. We hear the Klingon battle music. We hear the Klingon language. We see the new Klingons. Come on, is there a better opening sequence in
0: any movie than that? It's so good, Jim, and... And we oh. said this on the podcast recently too, but don't forget, folks, if you have Paramount Plus, the motion picture has a new 4K version that I guarantee, even if you've seen, I've seen motion picture on the big screen and the 4K version just knocks its socks off. You see so many more things that you've never, ever seen before. Like what does Vidra look like? Watch the 4K version and you get a really good view of it. So, yeah. About that, do you have a 4K screen? No, but even if you only have an HD screen, they still have adjusted all of the lighting and everything. So even if you can't see all the pixels necessary, like I don't have a 4K screen. I just watched it on my regular 1080p or whatever television, and it still looked better than anything I'd ever seen uh, come out of the motion picture. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The motion picture is, a is I think, a, is in a league of its own, like Charles said. It, it's – it deserves yeah. its own category. And uh, that brings me to my bottom movies. And I have to agree with our fans completely. Uh, Generations Insurrection, they put Star Trek V, but I bumped Star Trek V way up. And I'm going to replace Star Trek V with Star Trek Beyond. And then, of course, Star Trek Nemesis. And the reason why I'm doing that is because as much as I love Star Trek Beyond, and, and there are some great, uh, really... Really great moments in Star Trek Beyond I think Simon Pegg wrote wrote a lot of great character stuff in there but for a Star Trek movie to be successful it has to have a villain that's that's worthy and I didn't feel that the the crawl uh, character in Star Trek Beyond wasn't um, adequately developed that's and
0: compelling and,
2: I just didn't really care about him or any of him and that that's the reason that for me it drags the movie down to the bottom of the list because the villain is just not compelling enough he, he's not charismatic like Khan he's not dangerous like the Boar Queen he's just kind of some dude that
1: I turns people
2: into zombies yeah, I, I really don't still fully understand it, but that's why I bumped it down to the bottom. And that, that ahead, those would, be my, would be Generations, Insurrection, Star Trek Beyond, and Nemesis uh, in no particular order. And I think that um, Nemesis has the, the mind rate scene of the inner Troy, which I find very disturbing. Um, I just it, it's, I just don't like it. It's the, same,
0: uh, it's the same for me in Star Trek VI with Valeris, where Spock I basically just, extracts just, information from her. I just can't stand it.
2: And, and, and you know, Kirk, I, I, in generations, I, I just, you know, uh, and so that, that's my take on the Star Trek movies. And again, as I said at Triconaroga, if you love Star Trek Nemesis, who am I to tell you you're wrong? Right, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Right, um, and 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 we can find great things to talk about. Star Trek Nemesis, for instance, Natra, great character, what absolutely best. great, and uh, just the, the, the uh, Romulan ships and the and the battle, phenomenal. So yeah, I, I you know I didn't like the movie, but that doesn't mean I can't talk to you about the good things about the movie. So that's my list that's that's how my my list would follow would come out you know the the movies i watched the least are generations insurrection beyond a Demesis. not in any particular order
4: did you have so a that,
0: that, uh david uh no he answered my question oh, okay i heard you had a question i want to make sure you had a chance
2: yeah so you know that's that's where i stand on it i i I put Star Trek Five a hell of a lot higher than a lot of other fans do, and I've got my own reasons for doing that. Um, uh-huh. so guys,
0: Jim. oh yeah, go
2: ahead so yeah, I, and I, I it was funny if you remember when I mentioned that at Conderoga, people were shocked. they were yeah. stunned
0: yeah, it's, it like, it's uh, pretty much the same thing when uh, yeah, I had there were. It, well, it was interesting because I think that the guy who came up to you at the dealer's table, who was talking to you heavily about Star Trek V, I think you did a pretty good job of convincing him that it should get another shot. And I'm hoping that I did the same um, in trying to convince him that Nemesis deserved another shot, too. Um, oh, and it's, I kinda, it was the same guy, yeah. We, we talked to the same guy, <laughs> and they both... <laughs> He was oh. he was kind of like double shocked because um because we both liked movies that people generally consider uh you know bottom of the list uh movies and I don't think he was expecting that. Yeah, I
2: you know, I, I'm never going to tell you your that your opinion is wrong or that my opinion is right because they're just opinions. Um, I will but tell we you are all movie- Star Trek fans.
0: And I'll oh. tell you that even though, like you said, Jim, you can find good in all of these movies. Like, for example, I don't really care for Star Trek Beyond, but the destruction of the Enterprise scene and the graphics associated with that, I just thought that was so cool. Like, to me sitting through that movie was worth it for watching the Enterprise die one more time.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. To yeah. me,
4: that, uh, that whole scene just kind of bothers me more. It's just like it, it defeated the Enterprise with a bunch of tiny little bullets. I was like, what? <laughs> well,
1: yeah, well,
4: it was, but there it was, was a lot of them. them but <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't the- know,
4: but it just it bothered me. I don't know. It just, I got yeah, you. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I do want but, to let you guys know that on Monday, on Monday, we have a very special show, which um, Paul just mentioned. We're going to do our very first toy chest and Paul's going to rip into some Star Trek figures and we're going to talk about them and we're going to go over them in great detail for you guys. So if you're into Star Trek collectibles in particular, the Playmate stuff, you definitely don't want to miss Monday's show. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, That's been in the works for a while and it's finally materialized. Paul
3: Paul was showing off some of the pictures to me because I asked some questions on him. And it was an interesting comparison to seeing uh, the current data to the original data. The pictures are going to be worth looking at because there's some interesting comparisons to the original design, the 90s design, the new
2: design. And also, I have been in touch with uh, Playmates, and we are going to have a representative from the Playmates uh, company on this podcast to talk with us about, you know, the Star Trek toy line. And we're going to have an opportunity to ask them questions and find out how they pick the, the figures, how they pick the poses, how they pick the uniforms, you know, the whole thing. We're going to have an opportunity to talk to them, which which is rare, I think, uh, and great for us. So mm-hmm. if you guys are interested in toys, you want to keep an eye peeled for that. Uh, they told me in the email they're looking at sometime in September, which is actually next week. So uh, oh. keep your eyes peeled on our Facebook page for that. And with that, guys, we are just about out of time. So I want to take this opportunity to thank you so much to Paul, the Not Mine guy, and now Paul the Toy guy, for hanging out and truck talking with us. Thank you so much, Paul. And of course, we want to say happy birthday to the donor guy. And thank you to David for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you, David.
4: Yeah, fun. Thanks for having me.
2: And, of course, thank you very, very much to our very own Charles for hanging out and Trek talking with us. Thank you, Charles.
3: Oh, thank you. It's always fun.
2: Trek talking Thursday is a blast and a half. And, of course, thank you to our very own Eric, who made the trek all the way to trek to meet me in person, first time I had a chance to meet Eric, and uh, we hung out, did some panels, had a blast. But thank you, so
0: much, Eric. Absolutely, Jim. I gotta tell you, it was fun hugging you for the first time, like brothers who had known each other for a long, long time. We just kind of grabbed each other and we went for it. And uh, it was a really special time hanging out with you. And I, I love doing Trek talking. We had a great show today, guys. Thanks for talking about the movies.
2: It was awesome. And, of course, guys, you want to tune in next Thursday for Trek Talk, and we're going to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks, the episode that is on today. We'll talk about that next week. That gives you guys that aren't in the United States an opportunity to watch it. And, please, make sure you go to our Facebook page, because tomorrow I'll be putting up the post for you guys to score the episode on a scale of 1 to 10. And then next week, we'll read back the scores for you guys and see what you guys scored the episode compared to us. So that'll be next Thursday. All right, guys. Well, I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, telling you all to please stay safe and be good to each other. And as always, Star Trek fans are the best fans. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody.
4: Good night, y'all. Good night. Long and prosper.
2: Let's see what's out
4: there.
1: Engage.
3: there are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ShumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW. void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration
5: event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe.